Do you spend time fantasizing about things in your life that are unlikely or impossible? Could these fantasies be leading to shame? Could they be leading to the inability to be yourself and to feel confident in everyday life? Perhaps these fantasies even lead to disappointment with your real life because it doesn't thrill you like your secret thoughts. You know, the truth is, fantasy is a normal part of what it is to be human. And, you know, while we're imagining that fancy car, that corner office, that romantic fling, or finally beating up our high school bully 15 years later, those things can actually contribute to creativity, to self-expression. Of course, they make us feel good. They can elevate our mood. In many ways, you could probably argue that it's harmless. But compulsive, repeated imagination and fantasization can also hold us back in life. It was holding me back. And sometimes it's in ways that we're unaware of. So are you starting to notice decreased productivity in your life, some area of your life? Skipping out on the gym, overeating, sleeping poorly, floating through the workday? Do your personal relationships leave you feeling unfulfilled? You know, do you have a hard time making eye contact with people? Do people talk over you? Do you have a hard time speaking up in a group setting? Do you drive home some days wishing that things just could have gone differently? Now, how about challenges and goal setting? Are you holding back in life? Are you half-assing it because you know you can just get through the day and run home and imagine your success? Now, even if you don't think that excessive fantasization is a problem in your life, let's be honest. Let's just be honest right now. Let's ask these two questions. Could you be getting more out of life? And could you be getting more out of yourself? The truth is, it is easy to fall back on fantasy. We can imagine that we talked to that girl, seduced her. We can imagine that perfect guy came up and introduced himself. We can pretend we're doing the hard work having the hard conversations, and we can just get through another day. It does not have to be this way. And you know, everything we fantasize about, I'm not saying that you're just going to magically get all these things. That fantasy life may not come to pass, you know, when you're lying in bed or sitting in traffic, sitting on the train, running through those fantasies in your head. All of that may not come to pass, but I what I wanted to say today was you can get more out of life, more exciting conversations, more fulfilling experiences, the kind of experience where you're with the people that matter and you're not even aware of how the time is passing. You know, more often than not, you can get to a place where you can stand there first thing in the morning, be proud of yesterday and be excited for today. You can get to a place where that's your story more often than not. You don't have to fall back on the crutch of imagining these pleasurable experiences. You can find the pleasure of life, the pleasure of living right here, right now, in your own body, in the moment. So in this episode, I want to talk to you today about how fantasy was actually disrupting my life, how I was holding myself back in many ways. So I'll tell you how I became aware of it and how I challenged myself to find where it was coming from. You know, why the hell did I think that my made-up life was better than my real life? And as a consequence of thinking that way, how did my real life suffer? 
I'll also give you a little bit of information about why we fantasize, but more importantly, I'll talk about how it hurts us and what you can do to stop holding yourself back. And I'm not saying we stop fantasizing, we stop imagining, we stop dreaming. No way. But this process I want to talk to you about today, it's actually going to help you become more you. To question those everyday repeated behaviors, to see if they're even necessary. Is it something that we do just because we've always done it? Maybe it's a coping mechanism, a way of staying safe and secure in the familiar. But more often than not, and what I found with myself is that it was a way to control what we cannot control. And it comes at the expense of losing what really matters, our self-control. I think that to improve the results we get, to live a better life, we have to be frank about where we're coming up short, where we're lacking, where we're half-assing it. I found in myself the need to be more active in my own life, to actually take, a, take more interest in my own life. To solve tomorrow's problems, we need to practice self-improvement today. So. If you're ready to take a step towards that self-improvement, toward understanding yourself, if you'd like to get away from a life that feels unfulfilled, you know, full of these sort of cheap, familiar kicks that you just, they don't really sustain, it's just the same old weak hit time and time again. You know, if you want to get to a place of real satisfaction, I, I think you can get there. In fact, I'm going to say, if you want to get to a place of real satisfaction, Keep listening because we're going there together. I want to be really upfront with you, completely honest. Is that cool? I want to tell you something that I don't really tell many people. For many, many years, I spent way too much time, way too much energy on lust. That included sexual fantasies in my mind and pornography consumption. Lust. You know, like a healthy sex drive, it's necessary. Obviously, that's what drives us through life in many ways. It's what allows the human race to continue existing. But I see now that it's not healthy when that sex drive pushes us into what I would call self-abuse. That being pornography consumption, gratifying yourself while looking at those images. And similarly, compulsive, lustful, compulsive sexual fantasy. So I've done a lot of work, you know, if you've been listening, you, you know this, on quitting addictive behavior, right? Compulsive behavior, compulsive overeating, marijuana use, pornography, coffee, just repeated habitual things that I just did day in and day out. But it was actually recently that I realized there's still one more demon that has to leave home and his home being my mind and body. But how did I become aware that this excessive lust was becoming a problem in my life? And what can you learn from it? Well, let's talk about that. You know, for all the work we do in our life, whether it's on ourselves, on our career, on our relationships, our family, it feels like there's always more that we can do. I think that's true. I think that 
Humans are infinitely vast. We're full of infinite potential. There's, there's always more we could be doing. And so for all the confidence I have in myself these days, the pride in how I look and how I show up in the world, there's still plenty of days and plenty of nights where I just, I don't get the feedback I want from other people. I don't feel right inside myself. I don't have the connections with people. I don't say the right thing. I don't engage. I don't get a laugh. You know, you know what I mean? Does this sound at all familiar? Are there places that you go, people that you see where, you know, afterwards you're just kind of going home like, what the hell was that? Like, who, who was I? Who were they? What, what was that? You know, it could be a meeting at work, could be a night out, could be a coffee date with someone you thought was special, where you just didn't connect. You know, the stars didn't align. You almost feel like you weren't really there. And so last winter, I had a string of nights like that, a string of days, weeks, almost a month of just feeling like I wasn't connecting with people. I wasn't, I didn't feel, I didn't feel present. I didn't feel like I was bringing my best self to bear on the world. You know, I, I've said it before, I work in show business. I'm around hundreds of people, thousands of people some nights. And, you know, instead of soaking up that energy and winking at the, the cute girls, I was just driving home at night <clears throat> feeling hollow. And I had to ask myself, why is this? So why? Well, and to be honest, I'm, I'm still not 100% sure, but I asked myself a question. And I actually... To keep this episode rolling, I want to ask you to ask yourself this question. I want to invite you to ask yourself this question. So you ready? Okay. I ask myself, am I on some level ashamed of myself? Am I ashamed of something I do or am I ashamed of some area in my life that I know is lacking, that I know I'm not fully bringing it? And to be honest, that question triggered a massive response in me and it, it actually propelled me down a path of self-discovery that lasted quite a while. I mean, this was December of last year and now here we are in August and I'm still talking about it. So if you're ready, if you'd like to maybe consider that journey for yourself, I'd like to offer it to you now. I'd like to show you the steps that I took. Upon asking myself the question, am I ashamed? And, and I really have to say, don't be afraid to ask yourselves questions like this and just listen, you know? Whether it's in prayer or meditation or whether it's just in life or in your writing, ask yourself questions and listen for the answer. Ask yourself a question and see what yourself comes up with. So I asked, am I ashamed? And eventually what happened is my mind drifted over and it latched onto this idea of how I'm always indulging in these uh, imaginative sexual fantasies compulsively, multiple times a day, every day. Thinking about sex acts with, with people I think are attractive. Mental movies, mental porno movies. And so I had to reckon with that. It's like, maybe I am ashamed of that. And you might say, well, you know, there's no shame in that. You're alone. You keep it private. It doesn't affect you. You don't run up to these people and tell them, hey, I was thinking of you last night, you know. Um, and you might be right. It doesn't affect anybody else. But in a way it does because it affects me. I, I just can't accept that. I can't accept that there's something that I willingly do to myself that has, that has negative consequences, right? So I'd ask you, can you willingly accept things that you do to yourself that have negative consequences? Do you? 
Are there things that you do to yourself that you know are hurting you that you just continue to do? It's worth thinking about. Do you accept it? So even if you indulge in imaginative fantasies and feel no shame, you know, I'm not saying you should feel ashamed for anything you do in your life. That's completely up to you. I want to mention to you, though, a few ways that compulsive fantasizing does affect our life. At least this has been my experience. Number one, frankly, it's, a, it's just a waste of time and energy. Like, it's not like fantasizing and, you know, gratifying myself to those fantasies. It's not like that made me a better lover, a better partner. Didn't make me more attractive to women, I don't think. I think it really screws up your energy when you're, when you're living that way. And people can sense that, especially women. You know, so it really wasn't any better than using pornography. And I'm staunchly against pornography use for myself. And it's one of the few things I might rage out against in other people if, if they ever asked. But come to find out when I really was honest with myself, I'm still using pornography just in a different way. So frankly, there was just a better use of my time and Certainly, there's a better use of my time and energy than self-abuse. You know, and sexual fantasies, you know, just like pornography, can make our real-life sex and our real-life relationships less enjoyable. You know, it's not unthinkable that a guy could indulge in these masturbatory fantasies and prefer that to actually doing the work of meeting a real woman, getting to know her, having a relationship, or maintaining the relationship he's already in. So ask yourself this question then. What do I fantasize about and does it impede my progress? Do you fantasize about power and control over others and could that be making you manipulative? Could that make you sort of see people as lesser than? Does it dehumanize people in your eyes if they're just things to be controlled by you? How about materialism, social status, money, cars, girls, real estate, all that crap. Could that be hindering your actual personal growth, right? You're focused so much on these material things that your your ethics, your values, your personal growth is not really keeping up with your <laughs> all these things you want. And could that be leading to unnecessary dissatisfaction with your current life, right? You're building this fantasy life where I, I don't have any of this stuff yet. I'm not happy with life right now because it's not this yet. Could it be leading to the inability to be thankful? I mean, these all sound, they don't really sound like keys to happiness exactly. How about fantasizing about being perfect? Well, that kind of makes the imperfect nature of life hard to deal with, doesn't it? For me, I had to reckon with the fact that this compulsive, imaginary fantasy life made me ashamed, not only because I was deluding myself, pretending to be having these experiences, but because I was sedating and tranquilizing, you know, drugging myself with them. It's, of course, it's a massive rush to imagine sex and you had the physical stimulation with that. It's quite a thrill, but that's no way to live, right? It's, it's no different than any other drug use that, that gives us that rush and then brings us back down. And I was, I mean, could it be that I was neglecting my current relationship? Or when I was younger, could I even say, wow, I refuse to approach girls because, wow, what's the point? You know, I'll just get them in my mental movie later. That's pretty grim. 
That's pretty grim and it's pretty shameful if you ask me. I, I choose to feel ashamed. I would choose to feel ashamed if I continued living that way while I consciously was aware of what it was. Okay, but why was I fantasizing so compulsively? And what does that reveal about being human? First of all, fantasy and imagination, key components of human consciousness, right? Like, and they're certainly not all bad. They actually can aid in problem solving, creativity, self-expression, testing of boundaries. Actually, the nature of the fantasies we have can reveal to us deeper parts of who we are. Of course, like I said, they help us manage stress. They help us feel good. I'm not ever going to tell you not to have fantasies, not to imagine things, not to dream of some crazy wild scenario for yourself. It's part of what it is to be human. It's a pleasure to be able to do that. It's a gift to be able to do that. But these fantasies can turn sinister, and they did for me, because the things I was thinking, they were so vivid, and they were things that I so deeply desired, I would get such a rush of adrenaline, right? Because on some level, you have these fantasies, and a part of your brain believes that this is happening to you, right? You, you react as if it is happening to you on a nervous system level. So I get this big rush of adrenaline, and then there's that, there's that, that crash, right? I was actually wreaking havoc on my nervous system as well as my spirit, right? I, I, I'd spend time doing that during the day. I have to go to work in the evening and I'd be so wound up and tense because I'd been having these crazy blasts of adrenaline and, and dopamine and, and then coming down as I am now going into the place where I have to perform. It really wasn't a recipe for success. It would take hours to sort of regulate after some of these fantasies. And so, I have to hand it over to you now. Do your imaginative fantasies give you a rush or give you a thrill that you don't have otherwise? There's a real danger in this, I think. When we look around in our lives, we can see all these places where we feel like we don't have control, right? Our job. Well, I'm just stuck here. Our current relationship. Too afraid to leave, yet I'm dissatisfied, but I'm not putting in the work. Or how about the big bad world out there, right? The psychotic idiot politicians, the corporations that just shove crap in our face, crap down our throats, and now increasingly corporations are giving us <laughs> ethics and virtues and way to live along with these poisonous products. That contributes to our guilt. And how about the guilt and the lies that were fed minute by minute uh, on the news and on social media? It Really, it's no wonder that we fantasize, Right. I could certainly live a better life in my mind than a lot of what is offered to me out there in the world. And along with the fact that there's things in my life that are hard that I cannot seem to get started on. Well, I don't have to worry about that all the time. I can go to fantasy land. So here's the leap I had to make. That lack of control I have over things, right? Or those things that would be supremely difficult and painful to take control over, like starting a new career, a new relationship, a new life. Those are not an excuse to run away and go to this fantasy land. This, this place where I have complete control. To go to this frankly childish, make-believe world where my body is perfect, I say all the right things, those women do whatever I tell them to do. 
fantasy for me became this arena of control. I desired control in my life and I was getting my fill by pretending to have control over some things. And these, of course, were very vivid, very deeply desired things that I believed I was controlling. So if we're not careful, we can further dispossess ourselves. And I mean by that, we forfeit control and we forfeit even interest in our own life. And why? Because real life is hard and fantasy life is easy. We can become a god in our own video game in our mind. Meanwhile, the real life, the real game that we play is we're idle, we're stuck, we're, we're not progressing at all. We just say, well, whatever happens, happens. And then I run off and dream of a perfect life. And, you know, it doesn't have to be always imaginative fantasies. It can be whatever, it could be video games. It could be that escapism. If you if there's somewhere you go to use drugs, alcohol, you run away from responsibility. You can see how we can construct a world where we are in control or a world where we don't have to worry. I think if you're listening to this show, that's this is not the life you really want for yourself. It's not the life I want for myself. All right, so this is not the life we want for ourselves. Let's maybe talk about some solutions. Let me give you three. Number one, let's go back to the start of the episode. What was that first question? Am I ashamed? Let that shame be the start of your awareness. That's I say that because it was the start of my awareness. And, you know, in a sense, you're lucky because I had to get to a place of shame before I became aware of how these lustful fantasies were ruining me. You may not be at that point yet, and I'm not saying you should feel ashamed. I'm just saying, ask yourself, are there areas of my life where I'm half-assing it, areas where I'm not fully bringing it, areas that I'm letting it slip? And is there a fantasy component to my imagination where I'm exacting control over things that aren't real, and is that bringing me fulfillment? Run that back hit the back 15 seconds and listen to that again. Listen to those questions that you need to be asking yourself. Number two, start to exert self-control. And that is obviously easier said than done. But that's what I've been doing. I just, I said to myself, cut out the teenage daydreaming, cut out the self-gratifying. Just stop. Like, you know now, you're consciously aware of how it's hurting you, right? It's making you feel ashamed. It's leading you to not bring your full self to bear on the world. So, so why do it? Like once you're consciously aware, you have to ask, okay, I'm aware. Do I take control? And if I don't take control, well, then who's in control? And if nobody's in control, then you're out of control and it's, it's a mess, right? Don't think about it. Like at some point you have to just be hard on yourself to a degree. You see a beautiful woman out there in the world, enjoy it, right? If you have the opportunity, go up and talk to her. Don't then exact this demonic need to enslave another person in your fantasy. <laughs> the only person you hurt is yourself, right? It's self-deception, this fantasy, it's, it's delusion. In fact, I actually wrote in my notebook, it's almost as if my life is becoming partly deconstructed by this fantasy, which was probably a part of my trauma response of escapism as control. I'll run that back for you. It's almost as if my life was becoming partly deconstructed by this fantasy. It was probably a part of my trauma response 
of escapism as control. And that I found to be completely true for myself. When I was very little, I had a traumatic experience, a painful one. And for years now, years since, I've sought to regain control of my bodily pleasure. So fantasizing about sexual experiences while gratifying myself makes a lot of sense that that would be a way to control others, control my pleasure, control my body, get back control over how I live, how I feel, how I think. But once I became consciously aware, I had to ask, was it worth it? So I heard a really interesting uh, radio program a few weeks ago. A fellow named Ira Glass on CBC Radio up here in Canada. He was talking about how he was a cigarette smoker for 35 years. And he said, you know, at some point I realized it was like my 15-year-old fingers were lifting that cigarette to my 50-year-old lips. I think it's worth questioning these old repeated behaviors and seeing if they serve you anymore. Number three, this is something that I should trademark, but I'll give it to you for free anyway. Deal in the real. What do I mean by that? Look for ways where you could start to replace fantasy with actuality. Talk to that guy or girl that you find yourself attracted to. Work harder in life so that material success can actually become a result, a reality, right? Talk to the people in your life and let them know how you feel. And if there's people that you're fantasizing about throwing down an escalator, <laughs> maybe talk to them or maybe just distance yourself from them, you know? Look at specifically what those fantasies are about. And I think they reveal to you what you're running from, what you're putting off or something that's going to be hard to accept. And I know that it's easy for me to sit here and say, you know, exert self-control and live in the real world, son. But I'm not telling you at what pace to do it. It, it might be one minute more per day. It might be that you spend time journaling and examining your fantasies. What are they telling me? What am I... You know, is this a fantasy I've been living through for 35 years, like that guy who was smoking cigarettes? Is it serving me anymore, or is it just this comfortable old habit that's wasting my time and taking me away from what I really want? Because I have to tell you, straight up, that fantasy or whatever it is that you're doing to self-medicate get control of your pleasure, to, to run away, to forget. It was necessary at one time. It, it was. You were in pain. You didn't know any better. A lot of sympathy for that. And you should accept that in yourself as well. That pain-killing behavior was necessary. But you've grown past it now, right? Because you're here and because you're listening, you're now aware those old behaviors are keeping you from becoming great and you know it. I have to tell the same thing to myself. Now, by, by becoming aware, becoming skeptical of yourself, by shining that light into that dark corner of yourself, you'll find another piece of the puzzle. I've sure felt that over the years, you know, all this subtraction, all these things I've quit, marijuana, overeating, pornography, lust, feeling sorry for myself, being a victim, running away. All those things that I've quit have made me more me, 
I've taken things away and somehow become more whole. I've got more energy. I'm happier generally without all these things. And I'm not bogged down by the past. That's the journey I'm on, to be less and less bogged down by the past, less defined by the past. Less defined by the stuff I was doing when I didn't know better. But now I know better and I know you know it too. I wanna thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Please remember, you can get in touch with me anytime through Facebook, drop a review, on Apple Podcasts, use the Q&A on Spotify, leave a comment on YouTube, subscribe on YouTube. We'd love to have you there. Please remember that better is possible.